0: Hello, my magical friends, my name's Ayumi, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 99th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. We have a creator episode today, so let's jump right into today's topic. So I am so excited about today's conversation. It was such a lovely little chat and such a lovely comic that I'm very excited to keep reading as it continues. So today we're talking to Gemini, who is a Brazilian comic artist and just all around really lovely person to chat with. It was really fun to talk to her on the podcast and also just chatting with her online She's really, really sweet and really lovely, and her art style is so cute. And I was so excited to read her story, Seasons of Avalon, which is, well, as the title suggests, a seasons-based series. And it just was really great to get to know her, to get to know her influences, and her experience with magical girls. There is a very interesting nostalgic quality to the series. Something that we didn't actually end up talking about during the chat itself, which was, you know, still uh, something I do want to bring up because it is something that delighted me is one of her magical girls is half Japanese and that storyline is, you know, at least a little bit significant to the story. So I did want to shout that out. But yeah, uh, this series, it does have a little bit of darkness. Some instances where you see some uh, bullying, you know, at the beginning, we do see a fat character getting bullied and then Later we see this half Japanese character getting bullied, so I do want to warn about that before going into the story itself. You know, those are all very clearly displayed as negative behavior, so it's not, you know, endorsing any of those things or anything like that, but just to keep that in mind before you listen. But otherwise, you know, there isn't a whole lot out, so if you haven't read the story yet, you know, the link is in the show notes. I do recommend you pause this episode and go read it because it is so cute and you know it's relatively short it's a webtoon it's only been around for a little bit we know there are going to be more magical girls coming but we've only met two of them so far so you know we we have a long way to go basically with the story but you know still very much worth pausing to read and then coming back to check it out but Either way, if you think you're ready to listen, let's go on to the conversation with Gemini about her comic Seasons of Avalon*. Yes, we are here to talk to the creator of Seasons of Avalon, and I'm very excited to get to know them today. Can you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Gemini. I'm a Brazilian
1: illustrator and comic artist. My pronouns are she, her, and it's an honor to participate in this podcast. (laughs) I apologize in advance for my English, but I hope I can convey what I feel through
0: my answers. No, I think we would do just fine. But yeah, let's uh, get started with that. What is your history with the magical girl genre? Well, how can I say it? My history begins when I was
1: seven years old with uh, Magic Knights of Hay-Earth. I don't know if the audience knows it. It's a crumple anime. Mm-hmm. It wasn't essentially an... Um, Mahou Shoujo, magical Girl. But uh, I remember that I loved the fact that girls can be superheroes hmm. and can fight against enemies and can be girls, can be in love, can be warred with simple things of the daily
0: life. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, how can I say it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like the, the idea of balancing... Real life normal you know teenage worries with uh yeah being heroes yes yes i, I
1: always like this this idea of having two lives and trying to balance these two lives, and I always thought that girls can uh, have this that incredible multitask ability, right
0: hmm. As you mentioned, you know, you grew up in uh, Brazil. So how did you end up watching Magic Knight Rayearth? Was it on TV? Did you read the comic? or? Sure, it was through TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Here in Brazil, we say open TV, like not cable TV. It's a channel that's can be watched by everyone. You don't have to pay a extra value to, to watch it. Mm. And... Magic Knight Harry, brought uh, a lot of other enemies here to Brazil, mm. like Sailor uh, Moon. Years later, Card Captor Sakura, and that was my experience with the mahou shoujo in in, in, in essence. Mm. Manga. Here in Brazil, we have the costume to read comic books, we have a lot of national comic books, like Turma da Monica, Monica's Gang. I think that some people can know it by this name, but manga here begins with, I think, Dragon Ball. Hmm. The, the first shojo, I think is, The Princess and Knight from Osamu Tezuka, I don't know if it counts like a
0: shojo. Yeah, it's a very early one, but it does count as intended for girls, so. (laughs) Sure. But here in Brazil,
1: it kind of, how can I say it? It took a while to bring some magical or even feminine mangas, Hmm. because most of the people who read it was boys, men in general. So I think with, especially with Sakura Card Captor, here in Brazil, Shoujo and Mahou Shoujo have gained this importance.
0: Hmm. I see. So that's you know that's quite a while ago. So I guess in more recent years, what kind of magical girls have you gotten into? Like, have you continued to enjoy magical girls over the I guess decades? <laughs> Precure, of course. Precure is awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to describe it because I I begin to love a Magical Girl, Mahou Shoujo, with Sailor Moon. And then years later, I discovered Precure, especially Heart Catch Precure. Mm.
0: And that
1: childhood love came back with a lot of love, more love. And I love that Procure brings that message of friendship. Hmm. So, so strong. And uh, I kind of noted that I like stories that brings this friendship between girls. I think it's it's really special and important. Because here in Brazil, mostly media that are, especially for girls, brings that idea that the girls only can talk with uh, themselves about boys. Hmm. And it, it's, it's sad, because our life doesn't, doesn't need boys all the time, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, pre-cure uh, brings that idea that friendship is important and so natural, because friendship is natural. Especially between girls. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I have this special love for Precure. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a very um, great series. And I'm really happy that it's been able to keep going over the years. Do you have any other favorite seasons other than Hard Catch? Fresh Precure. I love the main protagonist.
1: And the the fourth girl. Mm Mm-hmm. She's passion, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I love her. And I love all her story for the series. She's mm-hmm. a character that marked me a lot. And I I begin to watch Smile Breaker, But I need to finish it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I haven't finished it either. <laughs> oh, I thank you. Because it, it's so cute. It's beautiful. But... uh was hard to, how can I say it, pause my day to watch it, hmm. right? So I love much uh, hard catch, fresh, and I watch it sweet, pretty. Mm-hmm. I don't have that connection, but I like the clothes, the outfits, the mm-hmm. music, of course. So I have a, a, a special love for. Sweet Preaker too.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, getting to your own story. Yes. For anyone who hasn't read the story yet, what basically is Seasons of Avalon about?
1: Yes. And my story is called Seasons of Avalon and features four magical girls representing the four seasons of the year. The story is about Flora, a 16-year-old girl. Who lives in this fictional town of Evelyn. Her life is transformed when she finds a giant flower bud in the town matriarch's backyard. Inside this bud was the fairy Honey, who already says that Flora is a magical girl with the powers of spring itself and that she needs to protect Evelyn. Now comes the question, protect the city from what and from who? And as the chapters go by, other magical girls will join her, like Summer, which officially debuted in the last
0: comic update. Yeah, and shes I was very excited to see her. She's a great character already. And, of course, we'll get to see the others uh, in due time. But, yeah. So how did you get started with this story? Like, where did it all begin? (laughs) (laughs) It began, began when I was
1: around... 12 to 13 years old, right after I saw Sailor Moon on TV. It was like a new world was opening up right in front of me. And I thought, whoa, can girls be superheroes too? (laughs) And in pretty clothes. Whoa, I need to create my own magical girls then. And and it was a a, a wonderful experience because uh, I didn't draw so much and my draws weren't so beautiful <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but but the, the love for the magical girls in general was was so much that I I thought I can I can make better I can try a little harder and uh, as I grew up going through more life experience and also having access to other medias like series movies and such this characters also matured and i'm glad for that because i feel that now that i'm 32 years old i can write with a little more ownership about the dramas of a 16 year old girl
0: Hmm. yeah that makes sense um (laughs) yeah i saw on uh on twitter and like you recently did share some old art of the girls and it's very interesting to see the the change yes yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah very cute thank you but yeah <laughs> how did you get started from you know having this idea of the the seasonal magical girls to actually sitting down and starting to make this story make the webtoon since i think august 2020 because of the
1: pandemics hmm. i have to stay at home like i think everyone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought well, I have this story. I have more time and I think it's time to make it real. To turn into a real story, publishing on Webtoon, on Tapas and just like trying, right? I always have fear that I will be judged. By, by my story, by the genre. But I thought, well, I'll be doing anyway. <laughs> so let's try drawing, let's uh, try publishing. I have nothing to lose, I, I thought that.
0: Hmm.
1: And here in Brazil, I have a, a, a good response. On Webtoon, too, I have a great response and that made me very happy because mm-hmm. here in Brazil we have uh, uh, people that like magical girls but it's a niche it's not very common here other authors prefer to to follow the line like shonen like dragon ball like uh, uh, Boku no Hilo academy and I were and I was like the opposite side uh, I'm drawing about four girls, four magical girls. And I thought, well, I don't think many Brazilians will like it, but I think people from other countries will like it. I hope
0: so. Hmm. Is that why you decided to uh, publish the Webtoon in English? Yes, yes, Hmm. especially because of that. And
1: uh, I was surprised to see that a lot of men like my, my work and my comic. And that made me so happy. So happy. Because I think not only me, I think you too consumed a lot of media, made, especially uh, made for boys.
0: Hmm.
1: Now that we have a chance to make something, targeting the girls or even the LGBTQ community and have some people that aren't aren't
0: from the community liking your your work is it's an awesome feeling. Yeah definitely. Um I could personally consume very little stuff for boys, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm yeah. very very into girls media but yeah <laughs> uh, that's good mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I think that there are, a, you know, surprising number of uh, men and boys who do like magical girls. And I think that's great. It's good to see that that's, you know, also the case for your story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess, uh, what would you say are the main influences of um, the story? I mean, other than, I guess, Sailor Moon being the, the kind of first jumping off point. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, Still in the Mahou Shoujo genre, Madoka Magica marked me a lot by bringing uh, this raw reality of the supposed life of a magical girl and the weight of the consequences. Hmm. It was so mind-blowing to me. I remember that I watched the third episode and I was, whoa, oh my God, what's happening? oh my god, <laughs> What is anime, oh my god, and it was incredible, kind of incredible, right? And a manga called Prettier also marked me a lot. Mm. It's a not so famous manga, I, I think, but it marked me in a, in a special way, mm-hmm. and outside the genre, mythology in general. I, I have always been passionate about Greek mythology, mainly because of my father, who insisted on giving me and my brothers names related to Greek legends. Like my, <laughs> yes, like my real name in Brazilian is Helena, which in, in English is Helen, like Helen of Troy.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah.
1: So me and my other brothers have all names with Greek legends. Hmm. And over the years, I explored other mythologies, such as Norse, Celtic, among others. And here in Brazil, we have many soap operas, many, many, many soap operas. And they, were, they are a
0: wonderful source of character creation and dialogue. Hmm. Very interesting. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about that? I'm very curious because I... I have not seen, well, to be honest, I haven't seen many soap operas in general, but I'm definitely out of the loop on Brazilian ones. <laughs> sure, sure. Actually,
1: here in Brazil, we, uh, we have this soap opera called Pantanal. Pantanal is about a region here in Brazil located about Middle West Brazil, which had, had more uh, a lot of rivers, forest, Mm -hmm. jungle, I think, right? Jungle is a tropical forest and brings a lot of legends of that region like one we have that's called Vague do Rio, which means old man from the river (laughs) and this old man from the river is like a spirit that brings all that meaning of Pantanal that, uh, that fauna, that and he can transform itself in a anaconda. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what's happening here? And in this story, we have a, a character too that's called Mary. Here in Brazil is Maria Mahua. And she can transform herself in a Jaguar. Hmm. And at the same time, it's a soap opera that brings that discussion about urban life and rural life. And it's so incredible because Brazil have a lot of cities, seeing cosmopolitan cities with a lot of people, like here in Sao Paulo, the city itself has has more than one, let me see, uh, I think 12 million people. And at the same time, Pantanal cities from Pantanal sometimes have like 6,000 people or less Hmm. so we always have that that discussion about a person that comes from Pantanal it's so different than a person who comes from Sao Paulo Hmm. and so this soap opera tries to bring this discussion Hmm. and it's a, a addicting soap opera i'm i'm really addicted at this at this soap opera
0: yeah i'm i'm like pulling up some uh articles about it it seems like a pretty big show that even got a recent remake that's still going um <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly that's really really fascinating but yeah, it sounds sounds very interesting for sure.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. I hope that Pantanal can be exported to other countries because it's a wonderful experience. Hmm. It has been a, how can I say, a national kind of prize. like something we Brazilians actually now we are we are lacking a lot this soap opera. Hmm,
0: hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, that makes uh, makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I think it is really interesting to see, like, you know, that's certainly a a part of uh, media that I think doesn't necessarily get exported a lot, like, even from other, like, with other countries as well. So, yeah, it would be interesting. I would definitely like to check it out just based on what I'm (laughs) reading about it and what you've said. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Hmm. I'm glad to know it. And, like, it's a remake. A
1: lot of polemic topics on the oldest version have been revised, have been remaked. And some characters are completely remade, especially some women. Hmm. And it's awesome because they are now a lot stronger, uh, secure of her, uh, themselves. And it's wonderful to see that development. So it makes the the, the story even more better. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. It's always nice to see that happen with uh, updates to series. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. So getting back to uh, your story. (laughs) So how do you think this has affected your story or like how you write the story? I think especially
1: the dialogues hmm. because my biggest fear was writing dialogues who always would turn to talk about boys. As uh, I read a lot of shoujos, I didn't like this part, you know, that, oh my God, I can only talk with a girl if I can talk about the boy I like. And uh, I thought, No. I can talk to other girls and and talk about books, talk about food, talk about animes, mangas, talk about everything. And and when I, I, I created Flora, Maya, and the other girls, I thought, well, will they talk about what? And I think watching soap operas where... Normally, a soap opera has um, one hundred episodes, so there will be a lot of dialogue. There will be a lot of talk, to chit ch- chat, a lot of even meaningless talk. And I thought, well, I need to get good at that because I, I think when we talk about simple things, is hard because must feel natural. Mm-hmm. I think the soap operas here in Brazil can
0: make this so natural. Great, that makes sense. So thinking about like the story in general, so uh, we've met the first two magical girls. So when about do you think we'll be able to see the, uh, the other two? Um, I think about two to
1: three updates on Webtoon. The audience can see a glimpse of another magical girl,
0: hmm. and the
1: uh, <laughs> and the last one I think about at seven or eight. Hmm. Okay, I promise I will never take a long time to, <laughs> to present the other two. I promise.
0: <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, it's it's exciting already. I mean, I guess the pacing of the story so far definitely makes sense and. You've also had a little bit of some breaks uh, here and there. and You also have side characters who talk about different aspects of the town and the you know the story and so on, which is really interesting. Yes, yes. Hmm. Uh, by the way, Avalon, on my point of view,
1: is a character itself. Hmm. So I think it's important to talk about Avalon, like the mm-hmm. like the chapter now. Let's talk about Avalon because. I think the story of this town means a lot to to the characters and even
0: for the future of the story. Sorry, that's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it makes sense. I mean, it's in the title, right? They are the seasons of Avalon, this world specifically. Exactly. And we know that in general, like a lot of people kind of come from different places We know that, you know, Maya, she grew up in Japan before she came to um, Avalyn. And we have like a kind of general sense this is a kind of special place. So it makes sense. And, you know, there also seem to be like these kind of cultural events as well. So it's really, really interesting, you know. And so I think that makes a lot of sense. And I was kind of curious about that, like in general, like why you put all this uh, effort into kind of creating this uh, unique not real place for everything to take place in if that makes sense (laughs) yes yes i think that was the
1: most turning point of this comic because years ago the comic would be called spring bell bell which is the name of the heroine based upon my 12 years old self (laughs) (laughs) and i thought with the passing of time i think oh I don't think that's good. Well, it's, it's kind of cringe. I don't. <laughs> I think I that's cute. I, it's fine. <laughs> thank you. I, thank you. <laughs> but I thought, well, I kind of like it because I have this love for for uh, this name, Spring Bell Bell. But uh, I don't think that that we will brings all that I can bring with the comic in general so I thought well I have this city Evelyn and all that happens on this story happens on Evelyn and I remember that I have watched *Clanad*. I don't know if you you have watched it too
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I I haven't but I am aware of it yes (laughs)
1: ah yes yes and *Clanad* has this
0: I don't think that's a
1: spoiler. I, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but at the second season, the uh, the carters bring this talk about the city itself brings miracles, make make miracles happen for those who brings or who makes good actions. And I thought that incredible because I, I thought, whoa. That's real. A city can be a, a character in the story too. Mm-hmm. That's not a life character, right? That's not a human, but it's a character. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I can, how can I say, let be less spring Bell, Bell and more Evelyn. And I thought, well, I have to bring the girls, right? The, 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 this magical element. And I remember, well, seasons happens in all places of the world. And seasons are like the passing of time, especially for old civilizations. Hmm. A lot of them measure time across the, the seasons. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, Evelyn still be Avalon with the passage of the seasons. And then I thought, well, seasons of Avalon and both. And then, I thought, "Whoa! Finally, I have a, a a good name. It's not cringe. Thank you so much." <laughs> but I plan on on still using the spring bell bell, and it will be like a pun between the girls. And I think that's a, a a Maya thing that she brings So, Well, if we if we are magical girls, we have to kind of a uh, magical name. Uh, uh, fight name right and i still don't know how but i I promise that uh uh, we have a good idea of how she she turns
0: with that idea yeah it makes sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) maya has the the bells her from her grandmother that have already appeared in the story so that makes sense and uh yeah it's very cute (laughs) (laughs) thank you and
1: flora has at her spring staff I don't know how you call it. These bells that you put on cats. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I forgot the word. I'm it's not sure if there's a, a special
0: word for it, but yeah, it's it is a bell also. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: Flora has a bell too, and I I think Maya have looked from at these bells and think, oh well, here we are, spring bell bell and summer bell bell. And I I think Flora will be,
0: oh, okay, Maya, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I guess I'm very curious. Are we going to find out more about the history of Avalon as a place and everything? Yes. I think about
1: finishing this act, act five, I think. Act six will be all about Evelyn Hmm. because the two girls will be visiting the matriarch. And the metric will be telling all the hidden story of Evelyn. Hmm. So it's my favorite act already because I, I'm so I'm so anxious to bring this story to all the to all people. And I'm thinking, well, I need to do my best <laughs> with this act.
0: Okay, interesting. We have that to look forward to. Yeah, and. I'm curious then like I guess as far as uh, how um how far along you are in terms of like you know how much you've posted on you know webtooned tapas versus how much like where you are in terms of uh I guess drawing the comic Uh I'm not very far there. I <laughs> I
1: have all the story at my mind and had uh, already
0: written on my PC but draw
1: I have not.
0: I haven't <laughs> a lot. Sorry. No, no. There's no reason to apologize. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, but I'm trying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of work to uh, put a comic together. So, uh, it's definitely no judgment there. <laughs> oh, thank you. And doing alone is kind
1: of. I don't think laborious. It's a it's a good word, but it's kind of hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it takes a lot yes yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) of course for sure but yeah that's really interesting so i guess i probably should have asked this a little bit earlier but who would you say is the target audience for the story sure uh well i think all
1: people who like this magical touch in their daily lives well seasons of evelyn is not the this typical story of magical girls who want to defend the entire world. They just want to keep their small town calm and peaceful, just like their lives. Mm. However, I think when we are 16, everything becomes an adventure, like doing well on exams, declaring yourself to the person you love, and preventing a villain from destroying downtown.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so far it hasn't gotten like seriously dark or anything like that, so it makes sense. Yes.
1: By the way, that's a a kind of fear of mine because I have yet to enter in some kind of polemic now let me see the world controversial, I don't think so, but kinda of triggering mm-hmm. topics. And I Uh, I need to make with a lot of respect, uh, not only about the topic itself, but with the audience too. So, I'm trying to to make the the more perfect form possible, I think. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Great, great. Looking, I guess, outside the story, have you done any other work in comics or other original stories? Not yet, but I really, really
1: want to. And I have a few stories created at the same time that Seasons of Avalon, but these fit more the boys' love genre. Hmm. While I have a, a, another one that I think would go more into a isekai genre, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if it's a good definition. Size, sense, basically, it will be a girl from another world who ends up in ours world. Hmm. I don't know if this is Sekai too. Hmm. Kind of. <laughs> and I really want to try it, but I'm just lack time. That's my my worst enemy, time. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. <laughs> I think that's true for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Great. So, let's see, uh, after you finish this story, are you going to try to make these other stories as well? Yes, yes. I think uh, I could try this isekai type, mm-hmm.
1: even uh, because the character, nah, the protagonist, will be Fauna. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, well, I have a flora. Why can I have a fauna? I don't know if fauna has the same meaning mm-hmm. because here in Brazil, fauna is the
0: animals. Yeah. Ah, oof. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not like used in daily language so much, but that is definitely what it means. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. In and, and I thought, well, I, I love flora, and flora has this flower forest kind of uh, powers and I thought well I have to be uh, I need to have a fauna character who likes animals hmm. so my my next story will be about fauna hmm, hmm. very interesting <laughs> <laughs> that's good and she has connections with Avalon too oh
0: okay so the story will, will bring Avalon again. Hmm. So your story is currently at the start of Act 5. As we said, it was the yeah. introduction of Summer and everything. So you did mention that, you know, Act 6 will get a little bit more of Avalyn itself. And then Act uh, 7, we should be seeing more uh, the other, other magical girls and so on. So how many acts do you think the story is going to be overall? Well...
1: My idea that it will be 50, 50 acts, but I don't think that, I don't know that I can make it happen, mm-hmm. but I, I, I will try, I will try. <laughs> my, <laughs> my biggest problem is that I, I think a lot, I think a lot, I'm planning a lot of things and my speed of thinking is not the same my, at my speed of drawing. That's my biggest problem. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I, I think, well, Gemini, stop. Stop, Gemini. Stop a little. <laughs> please, please, let me draw a little more. And you think about it later, please. Mm. So my, my
0: initial idea is 50 x that makes sense. <laughs> so, I guess, is there anything else you want to tell potential readers or uh, listeners of the podcast about what to expect in the future or anything like that?
1: Yes, yes, That's a point that uh, I I try to make it like slow burn on the story but I think that it's always, always important to bring t- to the audience that Seasons of Avaland has girls' love and relationships. And I think it's important to bring this. I didn't put GL tags on the stories because I don't think that's the most important on in this story. Hmm. But I think that that's always important to, to tell the people that love in all its forms is important. So I was planning to bring this girl's love kind of slow burn, you know. Mm -hmm. But I I think that it's always important to make it clear Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so that people don't think that that I'm baiting them. Sure. So, yes, yes. (laughs) And I thought it was my biggest concern that I could be kind of lying to the audience, but I'm not lying. So if the people see something like, oh, I think these two girls like themselves, is that is, is. And yes, it is. Hmm. So there is no queer baiting. That's true. <laughs> so we have, we, we have queer people and it was a biggest concern of mine when I was conceiving seasons of Evelyn, because it was during a time when myself was discovering that I'm a LGBTQ person. Hmm. And I thought that love is, is normal. Love is, is great and it's normal. Uh, the great reality that love is normal loving someone is normal and it's okay it's okay it's a boy it's a girl it's a non-binary person it's okay mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think i think it makes sense like this is something that comes up a lot i think we're like You know, especially in a story like this, like this is a magical girl story. It's not like a romance story in particular.
1: Yes, exactly. You know,
0: some stories do focus more on romance for sure, even within the genre. And that's also fine and great. But I do think it is, you know, important to point out the difference. Like this is a magical girl story where some of the girls happen to also like girls as opposed to uh, a story that is like more explicitly like a romance story exactly yeah
1: right thank you thank you (laughs) exactly this is because when i created seasons and when you put a a webcomic on sites like tapas the author needs to point like two tags which the audience can search Mm -hmm. the comic and it was a, a kind of terrible for me because I put like superhero, Mm -hmm. which is right. I put like heartwarming, Mm. which is right too. Mm -hmm. And I always have a look at romance and gel. And I thought, well, I I want to put it, but at the same time, it's not the focus and in the story. And I don't want to lie to the People who read it, the story, mm-hmm. expecting. Well, I'm reading the first chapter. Let's see, my couple. And no, <laughs> there's there no couple in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought a lot, and I, and I thought, no, let's not put the, the GL, or
0: the romance tag
1: because it would be a lie, mm. right?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, for one thing, so many stories do cover tons of genres at the same time so that also makes sense but like I find it so frustrating especially in the case of you know for webtoon like there's no explicitly you know central place for magical girl stories so it can be really hard to find magical girl stories on webtoon like just organically yes yes. because like some people use superhero and some people use fantasy and it's like what is the real difference it's like Mm, it's it's hard to say. I really wish there was a magical girl section of webtoon and so on, because <laughs> yes, it is so hard yes. to find some stories because of that.
1: I even think about I don't know how can I talk with the people of webtoon and bring this idea <laughs> like Hey, how about a magical girls tag? Can be a magical people because we have magical boys too. Yeah, like you said in superhero tag. You will find a lot, a lot of, of, of stories, uh, it's too white. Mm-hmm. too white. and it's, it's a lot difficult to find magical girls, mm. unless you have a word in the title, which brings this like magical boy, a uh, weapon I read, it's magical mom. Yeah, which is incredible. It's incredible. It's it's, <laughs> it's wonderful web comic, really. Mm-hmm. And it it was easy to find it because of the magical. Yeah, and I think that's a, a, a
0: important issue to bring. Like, hey, think of of us too, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I hope that we can see, I don't know, some way to make it easier to find because even just for me as someone who. Is very actively looking for magical girl, a magical boy, magical non-binary comics. It's yes. so sometimes like there's so much that like slips right past me, or like I don't find out about for years, and it's like how did this happen? Is you know this is the way that the system is? It's very uh, not magical friendly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and it's
1: kind of sad because here in Brazil, mainly because I'm. Publishing seasons of Evelyn, on eh? on tapas, a lot of people, a lot of artists brings to me uh, their own magical girls and their own stories. Think, oh, I've read seasons of Evelyn, and now I have the courage to bu- publish mine too. What do you think about this, this story? Oh, that's so great. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's a wonderful experience, especially because not only girls, but boys want to publish too. And I think that's the essence of a magical genre, because everyone can be a magical girl, boy, non-binary. Mm-hmm. And being a person in my country that can bring this idea and make it possible makes me so happy so happy and see that the genre is not dead man nah? it's not it's not so small like a lot of people think it's a
0: it's a, a wonderful feeling yeah that's great. So, yes, uh, Gemini, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are down to our final question, which is, do you have a magical persona for yourself? <laughs>
1: like an alter ego, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and no, I haven't. I guess I don't see myself as a magical girl. But if, if I had an alter ego, it would certainly be a girl who likes to spy on everything that happens in on the CD and write everything down on her notebook, on her sketchbook too, like that old film that I told you, *Harriet the Spy*. <laughs> I think Harriet was was my alter ego. Mm. I, I loved her. <laughs>
0: And thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That movie and uh, I guess also the book that it was uh, based on were like really, really huge influences, I think, for many 90s girls.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. It makes me like even more drawing and writing. I think, yeah, Mm. I'm really in love with with my profession. How can I say it? <laughs>
0: yeah. It is a, a clear passion, I think. It's very clear from reading your story and everything, so.
1: <laughs> oh thank you. Thank you so much. I've had always this fear that I could not convey the feelings I have, mm-hmm. not only to the persons here in my country, but to the people from all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that I'm kind of trying to
0: convey this feeling. Mm-hmm. Great, great. So... Yeah, uh, thank you again uh, for coming on. And um, where can people find your work and you online? And uh, how can they support you? Seasons of Avalon is available
1: for free on both Tapas and Webtoon. And likes and comments are always very, very welcome because readers' opinion matters a lot to me, really. And you can find me on Twitter, at Gemini Underline Inc. And on Instagram, which is kind of hard, sorry. (laughs) At G-I-M...
0: Oh, my God. How can I spell
1: (laughs) it in another language? It's okay. Oh, my God.
0: Gem.i.ni, right? Yeah. Gemini, yeah. Thank you, (laughs) Megumi. Thank you (laughs) so much. No problem. Uh, Anyway, links will be in the show notes uh, for them. So anyone who wants to check out your Instagram or Twitter, can click on over and, of course, uh, also read your comic wherever they prefer. So, yeah. (laughs) Thank you again. And um, if I'm not mistaken, do you have like an online shop or something where people can buy other art from you? Sure, but unfortunately,
1: it's only for Brazilian users at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe opening a Patreon. Hmm. I'm still thinking how can I manage such a, a wonderful thing because I live alone and I don't know if I can manage a lot of things at the same time. I kind of want it, but uh, I don't know if I can manage, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but unfortunately at the moment only for brazilian users mm-hmm.
0: sorry people sorry that's okay but um i'll still put a link in the show notes just in case because we do have some brazilian listeners i know for sure um <laughs> oh, that's good I have some of them will uh enjoy because uh, what what kind of stuff do you have in your shop i have prints buttons
1: keychains, stickers i love stickers <laughs> um, uh, i still a crazy sticker lady. <laughs> so I love, love stickers. Mm.
0: And uh, I think it's about that. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: It's more like that too. <laughs> Great. I mean, I was just checking. Uh, this is very, very small detail, but I was just checking in. It's uh Brazil makes up 2% of our listeners so there are some people Oh my god yeah.
1: can I leave a message for them in Brazilian Portuguese Of course please Thank you Bem obrigada a todos que ouvem esse podcast Ayumi é uma pessoa maravilhosa é uma apresentadora maravilhosa Muito obrigada por darem a chance de uma mídia que traga e converse sobre o gênero de garotas mágicas. Espero que gostem bastante desse episódio e continuem apoiando o trabalho da Yumi, por favor. Done. Thank
0: you. I wasn't sure if you finished. It's okay, it's okay. I, I don't know português, though I have studied Italian and French, so like. I can kind of get the gist, sort of, of some Portuguese in writing, and also just the sound yeah. of uh, Portuguese is very familiar to me because I grew up with a Brazilian babysitter.
1: Oh my God, that's that's incredible! I used
0: to hear a lot of uh, Brazilian Portuguese as a kid. Oh, that's. I never wonderful. knew what she was saying, but whenever she was on the phone, I was like, hmm, "That's interesting." Oh, that's. in general, we
1: love kids. Mm -hmm. We have a a special care for kids. Mm. Even kids that aren't ours kids. Mm. So in general, Brazilians love kids.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. From when I last saw her, she is still like a babysitter now. So that's been her job for the longest, just like always in childcare, which... It's very difficult, so that's oh. just very commendable. <laughs> I think so, but I'm sure that she loves kids too.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Great. Well, yes. Thank you again for coming on the podcast, and um, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Ayumi. and I'm
1: sorry and in, in advance for my my mistakes. <laughs>
0: I'm trying. No, no, please. But... It's fine. It's fine. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good.
1: It was an uh, incredible, <laughs> incredible interview. Thank you so much for this
0: opportunity, really. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you like it. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show if you think they'd be interested. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag Sparkle Side Chats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Magical Girl Ayu, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at ayushenows, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. You can also email us at sparklesidechats at com. Let us know if there's a topic you uncovered or a fan or creator you want to hear from by filling out the form in the show notes. You can also join the Discord for this podcast to talk about Magical Girls 24-7 often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. Show notes can be found on your platform of choice or at anchor.fm sparkleside. If you can support the podcast financially, you can buy me a coffee at co-fi.com slash or become a member to receive two bonus episodes a month for just $5 and access behind-the-scenes info. At higher levels, you can get additional perks. You can also buy a commission or print on my imprint page. Another way to support the podcast one time is by buying something off the Amazon Japan wishlist. This helps with getting more access to Magical Girl content that we can discuss in future episodes. Feel free to purchase from the use section as we are not picky here. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at a few bruises. Thanks again for listening and remember you are magical.